You know, two decades ago, the founder of Covenant Eyes faced the same questions many people face today, questions I've faced. How, how do I keep my children safe uh, on the Internet and keep them with some integrity? How do I guard our hearts uh, and remain pure online? It is really hard. Well, this with this mission in mind, Covenant Eyes created their own world-class software and educational resources, which are now being used by over one million people. Covenant Eyes wants to help equip parents and grandparents, that's you, with resources that will help you protect your families. And they give you a free parenting ebook called Connected. The book explores how a strong family connection can protect children and teens from the dangers of hidden pornography use. And it contains real life stories and practical tips for maintaining or reestablishing connection in your family. Your family is facing evils uh, like you've never seen before, and it usually starts with pornography online. Please get your free copy of Connected by texting GLENN to 66866. Text Glenn, GLENN, to 66866. Do it now. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Wednesday. Tonight, a very, very important Wednesday night special. I'll tell you about it coming up in just a second. But I also want to welcome uh, Daniel Horowitz. He's the uh, host of the Blaze podcast, Conservative Review. He has a new new article out on theblaze.com. The coming state legislative tsunami. Will Republicans capitalize on it? It is, I think, an ode to you. Now, whether the Republicans use it or not is what he's questioning. But I just want you I just want you to hear what Daniel laid out on what you've done in the last two years to shore up our states. And it is really good news. We'll also talk to him a little bit about uh, uh, the uh, overall election numbers for the national election. He and Stu are going to talk a little bit about that and. I have to ask him because he was banned from Twitter for calling out COVID lies. He is the he is the author of the or co-author of the book Rise of the Fourth Reich, which is all questions that need to be answered in a court of law. And uh, they don't like that too much on Twitter. I wonder if he's been reconnected to Twitter yet. We'll talk to him coming up in just a second. Stand by. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families since 9-11. I want to tell you about one of those heroes, a decorated New York Fire Department member named Christopher Slutman, who later became a staff sergeant in the Marines. In 2019, Christopher was killed in action by an IED. 
leaving a wife and three children behind. Thankfully, Tunnel to Towers Foundation sprang into action, and I mean, they are fast. When a first responder, fire or police or military service member doesn't come home, and if they're leaving young children behind, they spring in action and pay off the home mortgage just to help with the financial burden and bring the much needed stability to the family at their time of most need. This is the house that Christopher and his wife picked as the place to raise their kid. It's the house the kids feel safe in. And now they'll be able to continue living there because Tunnel to Towers has people just like you. Please, would you consider a gift to Tunnel to Towers? $11 a month is what they're asking for from 9 dollars $11 a month. If you can donate that to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Dot org. Welcome to the program, Daniel Horowitz. This is a hey, great to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. This is a great article. I read it a bit on the air yesterday, and I wanted you to go through it because I think this shows that Americans uh, are starting to really get it and shore up their local communities and their states. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. I mean, this is really the the life jacket for us. Madison's original design to have a bunch of small republics within a large republic would be the best way uh, to serve as a bulwark against tyranny, not to have a small republic or a a large uh, homogenous republic, but broken down in this federalist system. Because, look, we all know what's going to happen. We we lived this in 2010, 2014, and we know it's going to happen again. Uh, There will be a lot of excitement around Republicans taking back the House and Senate, but then they'll say we don't have 60 seats and we don't have the presidency, so we can't do anything. Now, there's a lot to say about that, um, but what they do have is a bunch of trifecta controls where they indeed do have supermajorities and they do have the governor with both houses of the legislature. So I go through just the map of how Republicans already have a pretty high watermark, even from kind of losing an election last time uh, of, of uh, state control. And then now they are poised because of the Hispanic uh, demographic shift, because of suburban women coming back, but rural voters uh, staying at the Trump levels of intensity for the GOP, where they can conceivably come away with 34 or so governorships, 30, 31 trifectas. And that means well over half the state will be under control where you can't say, well, we don't have all the power. They will have all the power and they will have ample authority and ample mandate to push back against pretty much everything that we don't like, except for maybe foreign policy. That is phenomenal. Now, the question is, and this is the question of your piece, will they actually do that? (laughs) And this is the big thing that, I mean, November 8th is not going to be a revolution, no matter how great it is. The question is, will November 9th be a revolution? Will this be the first time that the conservative movement matured and actually didn't just, you know, obsess on refreshing the RCP polls page online, but actually focuses on the day after and every day in between on how to pressure and leverage um, Republicans that at least want to pretend to be conservative on the important strategies, the important issues. Most chambers are going to meet in January, January, February, and it's very short. I mean, in Texas, they meet every other year. It's right. a very narrow window. 
and often they have limitations, only a couple weeks where you can even introduce bills. Whatever we want to do on medical freedom, on stopping the grooming, illegal immigration, crime, um, obviously interposing against federal tyranny and the FBI, IRS, now is the time to do that. Now is the time uh, buttressed not just by a red wave, but a red mandate to capitalize on that, to focus on the issues, the states, the legislation and the people who matter. Do you, um, do you have any idea how how long it has been since anybody had this kind of uh, control of the state governments? Republicans never had it. I mean, it will likely get to a point where Republicans never had that degree of control. Democrats did dominate. I mean, throughout the FDR era, great society, um, really until the 94 revolution, Democrats had a permanent majority in the federal house and really permanent majorities in many states because a lot of the mm. northern states became more left, but the southern states were still Democrat. So they had super majorities. Republicans never had this before. Well, let's see if they know how to uh, uh, to act. I'll tell you, um, Ron DeSantis and, and I think Kerry Lake are going to be great examples for um, state governments. Uh, your thoughts on Kerry Lake? Look, I mean, she told me on my show that she is going to make Washington understand the sovereignty of a state. And I mean, you look even in Canada, Danielle Smith just got in Alberta. And she's promising that anything that is either unconstitutional or harmful coming out of Ottawa, she's going to interpose against it. And look, you know, provinces in Canada uh, traditionally and legally, I don't think are quite as sovereign as U.S. states. Uh, she is alone. She's the only one there. Yeah. Um, and the people aren't quite as conservative in Canada. So I think if she can do it there, certainly we have a couple of shining stars here. But some of these other governors need to be held accountable uh, to use the power that they have. So um, there is a poll out today. This is from The Hill that uh, Hochul has widened her lead over Zeldin in New York. She is she's claiming that, you know, um, that that crime is she doesn't even understand why people are talking about crime. I mean, my gosh, Marie Antoinette. Um, and I, I just read a story today that talked about uh, somebody who says, I'm you know, I'm I'm a diehard Democrat uh, New Yorker. I've been in New York forever, but I was in the hospital. And at night, I happened to be listening to the nurses because I was right across from the nursing station. And she said, what I heard, our education, our kids are not learning in school. How can our country survive without education, especially math? If we had come here uh, legally, why should everybody else just come in? Um, I'm afraid every time I'm on the subway, I'm afraid when I'm outside on the street, why are the politicians letting this happen? We need to arrest, prosecute and convict. They're all crooks. You can't trust any of them. She said night after night, I was taken aback at what I was hearing here. I was in New York city, a bastion of the democratic party and Democrats and their policies, priorities, personalities were being bashed with as much vitriol and frustration as were the Republicans. So I think there's something happening even in New York. Can they pull it off? They, they definitely can. And the reason is that the, the place where all of this is happening, particularly on the crime issue, is in the Democrat stronghold. So upstate's already going to vote for Zeldin. But when it comes to Manhattan and, and the city, look, I mean, until now, Americans had too much rope to hang themselves with. We had a lot of prosperity. We had a lot of safety. So you're able to 
vote on these abstract, I would say, quasi spirit of the age, mm-hmm. pagan religious beliefs that they had. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so obsessed with abortion, even though I'm past that age or never would get an abortion, but I'm so passionate about it. I'll vote based on that. When you're scared to take a subway in areas where a lot of people don't own cars, that's a big, big issue that affects their lives. The economy now affects their lives. The schools affect their lives. Uh, it's no longer abstract. So, um, the, you know, those, those principles that they're reared into could only go so far. And I think he will peel off a lot. And look, we talk about Republicans having the ability to get over 30 trifectas in the states. If Lee Zeldin wins New York and the Republicans flip a chamber in Oregon, New Mexico, possibly the Colorado Senate and Nevada, they could win all three. You're, you're looking at a prospect of Democrats being down to only maybe eight states in the entire country where they control all three branches, uh, the West Coast and part of the Northeast, but not even all of it. Mm. It's really remarkable. I, I wonder what what Republicans will actually do with that power if they get it. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to someone, Daniel, about uh, about you know school choice, just you know a basic issue that is overwhelmingly popular with people. Uh, they want to be able to send their kids to good schools if they if they can. And you know, then I you know you realize that even a state like Texas doesn't have it. You know, w- no. it, it's remarkable that these basic things. I think though that's different because, like in Texas. It's hard to run as a Democrat. So you get a lot of these squishy Republicans yeah. mm. that would be a Democrat in another state, but mm. they run as a Republican here because it's the way to get elected or has been traditionally. We got to get all of those people that should be Democrats out of the Republican uh, Party, at and, least and, and, at and least in ruling p- positions. What? That begins November 9th. I mean, yeah. Typically, the problem is everyone's like, Daniel, you better vote for the Republican. I don't care how he is. It's always better than a Democrat. And I always say, look, we can debate that back and forth, what to do when you have a really offensive Republican versus a Democrat. But there's a third option, and that is you can keep them on a very short leash the day afterwards. You lay down very specific red lines. You know, will you vote to take away liability from the vaccine companies? Will you vote not just for parental consent and oversight and transparency, but banning grooming in the schools and and really in public, make it at a criminal act? Very specific red lines that will force a convert or die inflection moment, because you're right. We have this problem in Texas, even more so in Idaho, Wyoming, South Dakota, these states where it's kind of one party, they have. 32 to three majorities in the state Senate. Yep. Um, but, but most of those Republicans are literally Democrats, but they, you know, that's how you run in those states. Otherwise they can't get elected. We need to f- shake the tree to force a moment where they can't triangulate and say, Hey, I'm for parental rights. I'm for safety, prosperity. That sounds great. We need specific red lines. I think we are in a, uh, you know, as somebody who was involved in the Tea Party movement somewhat um, and 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 watched it and really observed it, uh, we were at the beginning. That was like our our adolescent stage. Uh, I think there's a possibility that this is the grown up term. Uh, you know, we, we've we've uh, we started that, but we were young. We were idealistic. We thought maybe, you know, we just get the guys in and it'll turn. And then we kind of gave up for a while. And I think this is the seeds that were planted deeply. 
and now all of the conditions are right and we're bearing fruit that movement's bearing fruit i i think i hope that these people that are coming in are much more serious than the last group in 2010 would you agree or disagree i i I definitely agree and the lower the office you get um the less of a dirtbag you have to be to get elected and you know raise all that money in general, generally speaking, so when especially when you talk about state houses, I do think we're going to have a better cadre of people than we've ever had before. A huge opportunity. They understand that this is the eleventh hour. Um, we're 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 in overtime here. We don't have time to waste. And I think the biggest in, importance here is to stay focused, create immediate red lines on leadership elections and state legislatures. Really, I think with Mitch McConnell, we need to have a family discussion about that. We can't just say hey, they won an election, this is awesome, own the libs, drink the liberal tears, and let the chips fall where they may. We cannot afford not to fully utilize an opportunity. We're kind of like what Stonewall Jackson said after the surprise win at at the first Manassas. Look, if you're going to win this thing, I could take 10,000 men, march on, on Washington. In any David versus Goliath battle, it's not enough just to win that individual battle. You have to capitalize fully and immediately upon it. All right. We're uh, talking to David Horowitz. Hang on just a second. Uh, uh, sorry, not David. Daniel Horowitz. Uh, hang on just a second, uh, Daniel, because we. Um, uh, I want to talk to you about the national elections and the polls and get your read on what you think is coming. After I tell you about Relief Factor, Earl wrote in about uh, his experience with Relief Factor. He said, look, I'm an old guy. I've been taking Relief Factor for the last two months. When I first started, I took it for a few days. And I could feel relief in my joints all the way through my body at one point. I was, I was away from home for a week and I ran out. Boy, I can tell you how glad I was to get home. What an amazing product. Well, thank you, Earl. Thank you for writing in. It's a relief factor. And it's, a, it's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. But it was to keep you from having to take something of a prescription that's going to fog you and actually fights where the pain is coming from most of our pain comes from inflammation in fact most of our our problems in our body from inflammation the three-week quick start developed for you is 1995 it's a dollar a day like a trial pack and hundreds of thousands of people have ordered relief factor and 70 percent of them go on to order more so go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 the number four relief get the 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you relieffactor.com 800 the number four relief relief factor feel the difference 10 seconds station id so daniel uh let me ask you you know warnock has eclipsed everybody in spending and only eclipsed by presidential campaigns at this point he spent 81.7 million dollars which is outrageous uh and yet he's not way ahead in fact i think the latest poll shows um uh that he's behind a couple of points against walker is he not what are you what are you seeing in some of these tight races so when you look at all these tight races, the biggest characteristic is that none of those Democrats are near 50 percent as incumbents. And that is a big problem for them in this type of election, because 
See, t- typically you had a back and forth. No, I want prosperity. No, you want prosperity. You want to cut Social Security. You don't. This is the first election where the Democrats are openly running on scarcity, on pandemics, on like, hey, this is the new normal. This is what you're going to do. You're not going to have cars. Um, you're going to eat sewage and, and, and bugs. And th- they're, they're not even trying to give away freebies. You know, it's not like the Obama phone era. The Obama era was here. Here's a bunch of freebies. Um, they're actually running on scarcity. So the problem is, if you're an undecided voter at this stage, it's hard to see how they break for the incumbent, being how bad things are safety and security prosperity wise in the country. So it's hard to see where they're pulling 45 percent how they win. So let's go through some of these races in Georgia. What do you think? Who takes it? There's no question that if the scandal against Walker didn't work until now, he lost a couple points and then has fully recovered since then. I don't think they have a way to pull it out. The question is, can Walker get 50 or will it go to a runoff? Oh, geez. Uh, How about uh, Masters versus Kelly in Arizona? So, look, we're living in an era of increased polarization where it's almost – it's such a rarity to have split ticket voting anymore. I don't see how some polls have Carrie Lake up double digits, which you got to believe she's such a strong oh, yeah. candidate and, and Blake somehow not win. Uh, how about in Washington? Oh, see, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, look, if, if Robert Cahaley's Trafalgar poll is correct, that 10 days out, um, uh, Tiffany's only one point behind and has such momentum Historically, with that degree of momentum and it's split, you would give it to the, again, the challenger, the Republican. Uh, my only concern there is um, blue states are pretty uh, efficient in their, in their machine politics. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of people vote early. I mean, and, and this is really the problem with election month because all these upset races, even where you have a huge surprise, the surge is at the very end. And sometimes they bank too many voters that just didn't realize it was a race. Daniel, what about a couple of Democratic incumbents, Nevada and New Hampshire? Oh, I mean, Nevada, let let me say this. I could picture in Nevada the biggest, that being the biggest story of the night, Hmm. where it goes from 100% Democrat state. I, I really think this is possible or close to it, but definitely possible. They could win every statewide race flip all four congressional seats they have one right now flip the other three they're all in play and flip both chambers of the legislature um but especially the senate holy Mm. cow that would be a good night uh all right hispanic shift there uh yeah and we're going to talk about that next daniel thank you so much for being on we have a hispanic candidate who's made a lot of news lately next the glenn back program One of these days, if you're not very careful, you might end up being one of those people you hear about. You know the ones that I mean, the victims of identity theft. I never thought it could happen to me. I was just... Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't just happen to other people. It can happen to you or me. And by the time you figure out what's happening, it's probably too late. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. We do everything online. And you don't want to cut internet safety out of your budget. 
Right now, you can get 25% off a subscription with LifeLock. It's top of the line in cybersecurity with both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into because nobody can prevent all of it. But the best in the business, in my opinion, is LifeLock by Norton. Right now, join. Save 25% off your first year. Use the promo code BECK. 25% off with the promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK. Again, save 25%. Lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code BECK. It's election coverage you're not going to get anywhere else. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Join us election night. This is the Glenn Beck program. Tomorrow after the uh, program, I'm going to quickly fly out uh, to uh, Washington, Utah, and be with Mike Lee at the dance hall. Uh, I've never been to the dance hall, but uh, I guess that's where you do things uh, in uh, Washington, Utah. So I'll I'll be there. It's right down from the honeymoon trail in. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you can find out more. Just go to Mike Lee uh, for Senate dot com. Find out more and I'll see you there tomorrow night and then back here again on uh, Friday. Um, all right. We have a uh, we have the very first woman to ever be born in Mexico as a, as a congresswoman now, or would like to be a congresswoman, uh, she no 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 she already represents the 34th congressional district. Sorry, um, and she's in her first term. She has um, uh, she's on the House Agricultural and Homeland Security um, uh, committees, and I wanted to talk to her a little bit about the red migration that is happening uh, with the Hispanic community. Uh, it's real, and I'd like to understand more about it. Myra Flores is with us. Hello, Congresswoman. Hello, how are you? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, you bet. So um, <laughs> you were just rejected by the Hispanic Caucus, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I guess I'm yeah. just not the right taco, you know, for them. Not, so. not the right Hispanic, <laughs> uh, apparently. Not the right Hispanic. Apparently, that's right. I'm the first Mexican-born congresswoman, you know, ever to serve the U.S. House of Representatives. And I thought that by joining the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, we could, you know, build um, relationships and work in a bipartisan manner on our, yeah. on our behalf of our constituents. And I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> tell me what tell me what's happening in the Hispanic community. And is it real? It's very real. And South Texas and the Hispanic community, we've always been all about God and, and family and hard work. That is just who we are. It's in our, in our DNA. But we, we grew up being told by, you know, the Democrat Party that the Republican Party didn't want people that look like us here. Mm. That the Republican Party was for the rich. That the Republican <laughs> Party was for the only white people. That's what we were told all our lives, which was a complete lie. You know, my father was a Democrat all his life as well. I I still remember asking him, who should I vote for? And he said, Barack Obama. And I voted for Barack Obama because that's what I was told to do so. And thank God I had another family member who brought it up to my attention and said, hey, 
we were raised the same way with conservative values. Why are you voting this way? Make do some research and come back to me. And I did. I made that research and I came back to her and I said, I'm Republican. And that was <laughs> back in, in 2010. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm Republican. Went to my father and I told him the same thing. I said, dad, we're Republican. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, he was like, no, you're wrong. We're, yeah. I've always been a Democrat. And it took him a long time to realize um but now he's, of course, he's, he's a Republican now. And, and he tells me all the time, you know, don't be loyal to political parties like Amen. I was. Amen. You know, your loyalty needs to be with, with God, with, with, our, with your family and with, the, and with your community that you represent. Don't make that mistake that, that I made. So in 30 years from now, the Republican Party no longer stands with the values that I instilled in you. Don't support the party. Right. You know, be all about your faith and family. And that was my advice to my, my, my advice, my father's advice to me when I told him that I was going to be running um, for Congress and that I was going to be in the Republican um, ballot. And so, so Myra, uh, what I always remember that what is what what specifically is happening, though? I mean, it's the same thing with African-Americans. They're really very conservative. Their churches are conservative, everything else. Um, and yet they don't they don't. Uh, wake up to that or they don't vote that way why is the hispanic community waking up this time well the republican party is also investing you know Mm. prior to 2020 the republican party was not investing in south texas we did not have the funds to be able to spread our conservative message you know i was the first republican congressional candidate to run spanish commercials in south texas wow so for the first time, they were seeing someone, you know, that looked like them, that resonated with them in Telemundo, in Univision, which is very important because if we don't do it, they will spread the misinformation. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed and I'm very grateful to the, to the Republican Party for finally investing in the Hispanic community, a community that you don't have to convince to be pro-God, to be pro-life, to be pro-family, like this, you know, this is who we are. We align with the Republican Party, you know, but the Republican Party also was not investing prior to 2020. Now they're investing. So now we're able to send mailers, you know, in Spanish and English. We're on TV. We're knocking doors. We're raising the funds to be able to do those things. Mm. And, and before we just did not have those funds. And that's also one of the main reasons as well. You know, it's a component of many things. Uh, Congresswoman, can you talk a little bit about your race? Because you won in a special election here recently in in a race that uh, surprised a lot of people, seemingly nationally. And then now you're running to be reelected. However, the district has been has changed and it's from all reports made your uh, reelection more difficult. Can you talk about that and, and, and how the race looks? Yes, you know, redistricting did me no no favors. And but at the end of the day, South Texas, you know, Cameron County, Hidalgo County, Faber County, Willacy, Kennedy, uh, those counties I had them in the previous um previous uh map and and I continue to have them on the new map. And these districts are, you know, who have been dictating who, you know, 
who were representing them, I was able to flip Cameron County on the special election, which is my biggest county and still within the current map. And again, the Hispanic community is very conservative. The people of South Texas, that doesn't change. The lines don't change that. What are the lines don't change the values of of South Texas. So I have all, all the the love and support from from the district in such small t- time, they've been able to see what real leadership looks like. So, so we're, we're talking to Congresswoman Maya Flores. Um, what is the what are the main issues that you think this is going to be won or lost on? Well, all our polls, multiple polls that we've done is the economy is inflation and is border security. Those are the things that matter to my district. Those are the things that I'm 100% focused on. I met a single mom who told me that for the first time she had to get a loan to buy her kids school supplies and oh clothes. My gosh. Oh my and that gosh. loan is now at 24%. Oh my. And can't, and can't pay back. She's like, I don't know if I can be able to pay back that loan. These are the things that are happening to the American people. These are the struggles. You see, the Democrat Party wants us to focus on social issues to distract us from what really is impacting the American people. We want people to go vote on the economy. We want people to go vote on inflation. We want people to go vote on border security. See, the Democrat Party doesn't want that because they're losing. But they they would say that we're racist. You're racist against Hispanics if you want border security. I immigrated to this country. I want more little girls like Myra to be able to come here to the United States. I don't want little girls like myself to have to come here illegally where they're going to get abused, mm-hmm. rape, and having to pay criminal organizations thousands of dollars because that's the reality. Under this administration, more immigrants have died. If this administration actually cared about immigrants, they would focus on the legal process. How can we encourage people to come here to the United States legally? The process is broken. It is. I was blessed to have a father that was an American citizen. But if for anyone else, it could take 10, 15, 20 years. No one talks about the people that are in line right now waiting to come here to the United States legally. No one talks about them. What about them? What about those who are following the law and are there waiting right now as we speak, waiting to come here to the United States and have been waiting for years? What about them? No one talks about them. They want to focus on illegal immigration, knowing the dangers, knowing that the criminal organizations have taken complete control of the southern border. People here in South Texas, we have family in Mexico that we can't even visit as often because we're afraid. Why would we want when we're afraid to come here? We don't want no American to ever feel afraid to go visit their loved ones. That's what we're going through here in South Texas. My family still live in, in Burgos, Tamaulipas, where I'm from. And, and I, I miss being able to visit my loved ones more often. I go, but I want to go more often. Because that's that's where I'm from. That's where my my family is is there. But these criminal organizations, they have no respect for human life. They have no respect for anyone. That's why border security is a must. Our border patrol agents are exhausted. I'm a border patrol wife. Hmm. They don't have a voice. 
this administration has given their back on our border patrol agents, on our law enforcement. And our, our border patrol are focused on the humanitarian crisis and not able to stop the fentanyl that is coming in into our country, killing an out, about 300 people per day. This is very serious. This, is, this shouldn't even be political. The things that we're fighting for, a better economy, reducing inflation and border security, these are things that, you know, we should all be working together. And under this administration, 98 suspected terrorists have been apprehended in the southern border. We're talking to Congresswoman, talking to Congressman uh, Myra Flores. Because of redistricting, this is a very tight race. If you would like to help her with her campaign, I think a little goes a long way uh, in South Texas. Um, Please go to the website uh, uh, Myra Flores for Congress dot com. M A Y R A F L O E. Uh, F-L-O-R-E-S, Myra Flores for Congress.com. Myra, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. We'll win a re-election next week. Good. Thank you. God bless. It's a big race. That's a big race. And it's kind of a test as to whether this movement we saw in 2020 and 2016 among the Hispanic community is real. Is it was it a one off? Was it maybe you just know, related to Donald Trump? Who knows? It's it's amazing to me how uh, none of those numbers held up with with Barack Obama. Mm. It was all about Barack Obama. Yeah. And then it all fell apart. Yeah. I mean, if you remember, everyone's like, oh, Barack Obama, what an amazing campaigner. Well, did you look at 2010 and 2014? Yeah. I mean, he got the, the Democrats Nothing. got brutalized in both yeah. of those elections, despite his influence, only when he was on the ballot specifically. Did they do well? And look, you can make the argument that Trump has some of the same features where like he's he did well in 2016, 2020, brought up a lot of people uh, that maybe you didn't think were going to win. But 2018 did not go particularly well. This is a, a chance is, here yeah. to see if those gains, especially in the Hispanic community, are real and are lasting. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch that race. Myra Flores for Congress.com. All right, let me tell you about uh, real estate agents I trust. You know how you, you thought you were going to have to use that second-rate real estate agent who barely knows what he's doing, you know, to help you make the biggest financial transaction of your life? Well, now you don't have to because real estate agents I trust will set you up with not just a good agent in your area, but I think the best agent in your area. And if you're moving to a different town or state, guess what? We'll hook you up with the best agent in that area as well. When we say best, we're looking for people who know the best practices. We're looking for people who constantly outperform uh, the other real estate agents in your area. They're the people that we trust, the people that we have put through just just hell week of uh, vetting. To make sure that they are people that you'll be able to relate to, that you'll be able to, that that you don't have to worry about. Um, let me put it this way: they're the people that I think you'll end up being friends with in the end. We have lots of people who are like, now they're my friend. We talk all the time. Real estate agents, I trust.com. The name says it all. They're going to get the job done and they're going to make it easy. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Wherever you are, wherever you're moving to, we'll help you find it as a free service to you. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at 
glennbeck.com. All right. Welcome to the uh, program tonight. The Wednesday night special on Blaze TV. I'm going to take a look at the Voldemort of the Biden administration, as well as the uh, social and mainstream media. It is a topic that they have deemed thou shalt not mention. And that is election interference. Will it get me into more trouble? Eh, whatever. After 2020, I have a lot of questions. But the questions are not limited to the implications of a few thousand shady-looking votes in this state or the other. The questions focus not on the result of 2020, but a process that had begun in 2020 that could forever change how we vote in the future. Tonight, I'm going to be analyzing the actions and the words taken directly from the progressive left. Kind of like this quote, just a month after Joe Biden took office, speaking to the left, during 2020, uh, here it is, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perception, change the rules, change the laws, steer the media coverage and control the flow of information. They said that out in the open. I think that was from USA Today. These are their words. A cabal influence in the election kind of sounds exactly like what the Democrats are always accusing us of. But here they are in black and white bragging about what they did and are still doing. Tonight, the left is still pushing towards a completely different kind of system. One that they're not hiding, but don't want you to know about. Don't miss the Wednesday night special on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Eastern Election Games. The real threat to democracy exposed. The Glenn Beck Program.